Hello, and welcome to the Lasting Impact Wellness Podcast, where together we explore ways to help you optimize your health and achieve sustainable well being. No one deserves to live an unhealthy life because they are overtasked, overstimulated, and overwhelmed. I'm your co host, Dr. Laura Hayes, and we'll be joined by Dr. Parker Hayes as we explore new perspectives and strategies rooted in self awareness, deep connections, and science based practices designed to create lasting impact for you and those around you. Please keep in mind this podcast is for the purpose of education, introspection, and community connection and should not be mistaken for medical advice. Be sure to subscribe and share with others. Let's be well together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lasting Impact Wellness, the podcast that helps you optimize your health and well-being through science-based practices, practical knowledge, and honest discussions. I'm your host today, Dr. Laura Hayes. Now, in today's episode, we'll introduce the core elements of well-being that contribute to optimal health and longevity. And I think it's important to first start with a general definition or kind of general statement about well-being. From a medical standpoint, the term well-being really encompasses a multifaceted understanding of a person's overall health and satisfaction with life. You know, when you go and meet with your doctor or you have your yearly physical, one of the unfortunate things that we are experiencing in healthcare right now is that you don't really have the opportunity to spend time with your doctor really asking them the important questions. From a physician standpoint, this is something that I think a lot of physicians struggle with. We go into the field often because we want to connect with people and we want to help them with all parts of their life, help them solve their problems, treat the whole person. But unfortunately, due to circumstances in healthcare today, we just, we don't have the time. We simply do not have the time to do that. We're limited by various factors. So what's a person supposed to do when they really only have this short window of time to interact with a medical professional? And in most cases, this is only happening maybe once or twice a year. And if it's happening more frequently than that, then chances are those meetings, those appointments are really involving just one main topic or the management of one particular disease. If you want to talk about something else, you have to make another appointment. So from a medical standpoint, I think it's important to recognize that there is an interconnectedness of those dimensions of a person. And by promoting well-being, we are aiming to enhance not only someone's physical health, but the other parts that make them who they are, their mental resilience, their emotional stability, how they integrate socially with their surroundings, and ultimately fostering a more holistic and fulfilling life for those people. But if you feel like the healthcare system is failing you in some ways or not giving you the attention that you need or deserve, then you may need to seek other options. And one of the first things you can do is to be more proactive about the steps you can take for yourself. Learning your own body, its workings, its most likely fail points, the intricacies that make you you. And then think about preventative measures that you can take to stay out of trouble. I mean, the bottom line is that you are in charge of you. So I'm really hoping that this podcast can be a resource for you. And along those lines, let's go ahead and proceed with today's topic. So I mentioned that we're going to be talking about the core elements of well-being that really contribute to optimal health and longevity. We'll use the terms longevity, health span, and lifespan pretty often throughout our podcast. If you recall, longevity basically encompasses your health span and your lifespan. So let's just talk a little bit about those two distinctions. So health span is a relatively new term, and it really came into the foreground of scientific research and public interest 
over the last decade or so, and it refers to the length of time that a person is healthy. Now, yes, you could define healthy in lots of different ways, but think of it, in other words, as the period of your life that you're free from serious disease, serious diseases being those that can often lead to death. So for example, heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes, etc. Now, that's not to say that if you suffer from chronic disease, you're doomed for a limited health span. But the management of those chronic disease states matters when it comes to maximizing the number of healthy years you live. So think about health span more as the period of time that you live well. Again, some underlying conditions notwithstanding, if you can do things that improve or extend your health span, you will simply add more healthy years to your life. Now, lifespan refers to how long you live. And unlike the average lifespan, which is currently about 78 years old in the United States, we don't really have a great way to measure average health span. But a few years ago, the World Health Organization developed an indicator called HALE, that's H-L-E, and it stands for Healthy Life Expectancy. And for example, in 2019, the HALE estimate was about 66 years in the U.S., That means that on average, we live up to about 15 to 20% of our lives unhealthy. I mean, that's quite a long time. And I can tell you, in my line of work, I've met a lot of really unhealthy people, some of whom spend the majority of their lives that way. And yes, of course, I'll acknowledge there are a lot of factors that can influence someone's health. There's socioeconomic factors, politics, environmental factors, genetic predispositions, and so on. But living as healthy as possible and being able to do all the things you want to do for as long as you're alive, isn't that the ultimate goal? We'll talk more about optimal health span in an upcoming episode. But for now, I'd like to review our six core elements of well-being. So the first is 360-degree awareness. What we mean by that is to fully expand your self-awareness, to really tap into the mind-body connection. Understand how your mind is in constant communication with your physical body and how the reverse is also true, your physical body communicating all the time with your mind. And included in this state of expanded awareness, we're also considering how you influence others and how others are perceiving you. In other words, how you show up in all the arenas of your life. And this isn't always easy or comfortable to take a look at yourself from within and from the outside. When you do this, this requires you to kind of take a no-holds-barred examination of yourself, looking at your strengths, your weaknesses, and possibly most importantly, your values and your beliefs. But the closer you look and the more you pay attention, the better equipped you are at recognizing red flags more quickly when they first appear. And whether that be noticing early signs of illness or disease or listening to and really trusting your gut when something does or doesn't feel right for you. The next is functional fitness and physical movement. You've heard the quote, movement is medicine. Well, it's now been proven time and again that physical fitness or moving your body regularly and intentionally plays a crucial role in preventing and managing certain chronic diseases. It can also ease the symptoms of other diseases and alleviate symptoms of anxiety and depression and sometimes even reverse some chronic conditions. Now, the third element is nutrition. What you put into your body matters. Science has proven that nutrients, including essential micronutrients, are required for proper functioning of all the biochemical processes on which our bodies depend. 
And nutrition can be a bit of a nuanced conversation, and each person must consider their own needs. See that prior mention of 360-degree awareness, knowing yourself, understanding what you need as an individual. But serving yourself with healthy, nutritious foods is clearly associated with increased lifespan and optimal health span. And it's something that you have control over. When we take care of our bodies, we experience increased energy levels, reduced stress, improved overall resilience. Basically, we're better equipped to navigate life's unpredictability and any curveballs that get thrown our way. Now, the next major factor that influences your well-being is sleep. Sleep is essential. It's a fundamental physiologic process that plays a vital role in our overall health and well-being. And it's not just a period of rest where you just lie there and shut things down. It's actually a complex series of stages and functions that are essential for various aspects of our lives. Think about when you work out, maybe you lift weights. Well, when you're actually lifting the weights, you're not really actively building muscle at that time. It's not until you lie down, you go to sleep where the magic really starts to happen. That's where we do all of our mind and body's housekeeping. And it's critically important for cellular, emotional, and cognitive health. Speaking of emotional health, let's talk about that as our fifth core element of well-being. So optimal mental and emotional well-being involves developing healthy coping mechanisms, managing stress effectively, and cultivating positive emotions. It's about nurturing a growth mindset, practicing self-compassion, engaging in activities that bring you joy. By fostering resilience and emotional intelligence, you can better navigate life's challenges and really just experience greater fulfillment. It's been demonstrated that people who practice positive thinking live an average to eight to 13 years longer. Now, sure, you can probably think of some, you know, grumpy older family member who has lived over 100, but I guess I would counter that by saying, yeah, but how happy and fulfilled were they really? Countless studies have been published that do show links between aspects of mental health and the onset of chronic physical diseases. We know that chronic stress lowers immune function. It increases inflammation, and that can all contribute to a host of systemic diseases, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, certain cancers even. And there's been recent research that shows there's a direct correlation between things like anxiety and depression and Alzheimer's disease. Then we can't forget about how our relationships and social interactions play a role in our emotional health. Meaningful connections with others are vital for our health and well-being. When we have strong relationships, they can provide emotional support, a sense of belonging, and this gives us opportunity for personal growth. Research has shown that people who have satisfying relationships with their family and friends, those who feel connected to their community and feel supported by others, well, they're generally happier, they have fewer health problems, and they live longer. And the same is often true for the workplace. Those who feel supported by their companies and connected to their colleagues feel a general sense of belonging to something purposeful, well, those people in general have a greater dedication to their job and better job satisfaction. So this leads us to the sixth element, financial well-being. And sure, you should not be getting your financial advice from two physicians, and we certainly won't be offering that. But it does play a vital role in your overall well-being. All of these core elements are interconnected. Financial well-being is more than just about having money in the bank. It's about achieving a state of financial security. And 
letting that lead to some contentment that allows you to lead a fulfilling life. And it encompasses various aspects, but at its core, it's really about finding a healthy balance between managing your finances, meeting your needs and goals, and feeling confident and in control of your financial life. It involves being aware of your financial situation, making informed decisions, and taking actions that align with your values and your long-term aspirations. Look, these things don't have to be complicated. No one is trying to reinvent the wheel here. But sometimes life gets in the way, and before you know it, you're 20 years older, your kids are grown, and maybe you've become a caregiver for those who once cared for you. I can relate. As a busy professional, a parent, a functional adult, you're likely overstretched and navigating various responsibilities. Picture yourself juggling all the hats you wear, and you may find yourself constantly chasing your tail while things are happening to you passively, almost like a spectator in your own life. But have you ever stopped to think about all of your roles and responsibilities? I mean, really sat with that, listed it out? If you never have, It's a great exercise in self-identity, writing down all the roles you serve and your perceived responsibilities. And if you did that, I bet your list would be really long and in aggregate seem pretty overwhelming. I actually like to do this exercise even just briefly with patients sometimes who are struggling with a lot of stress or even anxiety. And I, I ask them, you know, if you were to write down all of your roles and responsibilities, the things that you perceive you're responsible for and all the roles you serve in let's say a week's time, and you were to write that down on a piece of paper and hand that to a stranger and you ask that stranger, does this look overwhelming? Does this look stressful? And chances are that stranger would say, um, yes, I'd say so. And I think sometimes what can happen is we assume all of these roles and we take on all these responsibilities and they just become kind of part of our daily life. But we don't recognize oftentimes that they are actually building up and creating a lot more stress and are the sources of chronic stress for us. So if you've never kind of sat with that and written it down, try it. It's a great exercise and it actually can be a bit eye-opening for you. And, you know, like you, I've got a lot of various roles and responsibilities that I carry with me every day. I'm a caregiver, I'm a physician, a coach, I'm a wife, a mother, a friend, a yoga instructor. I have all kinds of labels and roles that I've placed on myself and those that I've earned. I found that sometimes we feel proud and defined by our roles, but at other times we can feel trapped or even victimized by them. Let's face it, our world is moving so quickly around us. Things are happening at lightning speed seemingly all the time. We exist with instant access to information and outside influences. Those little high-tech devices we hold at our fingertips give us the world right in our hands. With all those distractions, it's easy to lose sight of the things that are happening right in front of us, to overlook the present moment. And sometimes we even forget who we are and what we stand for. But if this goes on unchecked and we don't stop, we don't just take a beat, take a breath every once in a while, then we're risking merely existing through our days on autopilot, generally disconnected, unaware, and unfulfilled. And a lot of times when we're in this state of mind, we don't even recognize where the sources of our stress are coming from or why we might be sleeping poorly or maybe getting migraines or feeling constipated or any other number of physical manifestations because we haven't just stopped to take a breath and take a beat. It's like when you're driving on the highway and some amount of time passes and you think, oh my gosh, how did I get all the way to this exit? 
This happens to me frequently. And you get the sensations of fear and relief that wash over you. Fear that you weren't paying attention to driving at all and you could have crashed. And then relief that you didn't. And if you're anything like me, then you make a little promise to yourself at that moment and you think, okay, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to get it together. All right, refocus. So imagine that that highway is your life. You're cruising along. You're so caught up in distractions that before you know it, you're wondering, whoa, how did I get all the way here? Have I really been in the same job for 30 years? How is it possible that my kids are now in high school? Where has the time gone? Did I miss all the scenery? Did I miss my turn? We have all experienced this. It's a phenomenon of human existence. But what if you don't recognize that you're stuck on autopilot? You're still driving on the highway, distracted, and possibly you're somewhat content. You haven't crashed yet. But can you sustain this forever? So stick with me just for another moment on this highway analogy, because in that scenario, eventually you snap back into the present. You become aware of the need to start paying attention. And while it's really common to feel this way, it might not be sustainable if you're hoping for a long, healthy, and fulfilled life. Sometimes being in this mode can be a sign that you're burned out, stressed out, or just simply not fulfilled. And remaining in this state can lead to chronic stress, anxiety, inability to cope with certain life challenges or abrupt changes. And at the very least, you may just be missing out on opportunities to learn, grow, and show up as your best self. So if it helps, let's think of some signs that you could be stuck in this autopilot mode, or maybe you're just in a rut where every day feels the same and you're just moving along, going through the motions. One thing could be that you do things without thinking. You just kind of move through your daily habits. And a simple example would be you wake up, you make your coffee, but maybe you don't even really want coffee that morning, or you don't even really need it. You slept great, but you just do it because you're going through the motions without even thinking about it. We can all think of examples like that from our day-to-day lives. And another sign that you could be on this autopilot mode is that you forget parts of your day. Maybe someone in the evening asks you what you had for lunch, and you have a hard time recalling what you even did for lunch that day. Did you even eat? Never mind remembering what you actually had. And yet another sign is that you get sucked into mindless scrolling. And this maybe will hit a nerve for some of you listening. Now, our human tendency is to let your mind wander, to avoid, or I don't know, even just take a break from boring or difficult tasks. But let's be honest, most of us have those little devices with us all the time. If it's not your phone, it's your watch. I mean, think about it. When you go to the bathroom, do you grab your phone? It's like we can't be away from it for just more than a minute at a time. But if you notice that you're spending hours scrolling through social media, playing games on your phone, or taking mindless online quizzes, well, that can be a sign that you're on autopilot. And those things can become a bit addictive, especially with their immediate accessibility right in the palm of your hand. Now, let me be clear, though. It's not that we should be labeling these things as good or bad. They just are. But it's more about bringing awareness to the fact that oftentimes we do these things without any thought behind it. They become our automatic behaviors. In other words, we're on autopilot. Now, I'll admit, maybe it's more comfortable to just sort of sit back and let life happen to you than to actually make things happen for you. But wouldn't it be amazing to feel like an active participant in your own life instead of a passive bystander? To be truly living instead of just existing. 
I mean, so much of our health and well-being comes down to our choices, our habits, our patterns. One common thread we all share is the ability to choose. Becoming more aware of your habitual behaviors and more mindful of your choices, I mean, that can avail you of so much more opportunity for growth and expansion. When we work with clients at LIW, one of the first steps in taking control back over their life is having them acknowledge some of those patterns and then practice ways to become more intentional. So one way that you can do this to start feeling present in the moments of your life and not just waiting until the next milestone, the next break, the next thing, is to first choose to start showing up for yourself. Start living your life on purpose. In other words, think about and decide what you want from your life and start aligning your actions with those goals in mind. And particularly when it pertains to your health, living with intention encourages you to pause, reflect, and then make conscious decisions that align with your core values. So take a moment to check in with yourself throughout the day. I promise the world will not end if you take a few minutes to pause, take a breath, take a beat, and just slow it down for a few seconds. Imagine your busy life, your busy home. You may feel like you're being pulled in all different directions and increasingly losing your way. I've certainly felt that way at times. But when you start living more intentionally, you'll develop a clearer sense of what your needs and desires are, and then start choosing to make decisions based on what's important to you, stopping that constant push and pull. We'll explore this a lot more in our upcoming episodes in the podcast, how to be more present, ways to incorporate mindfulness practices into your daily life, how to use the tools currently at your disposal to enhance the experience of your own life. But when you show up with authenticity and start living with intention, this can allow you to actively shed the parts of you that are not serving you and to grow and cultivate the things within you now that encourage greater overall well-being. Remember, you are in charge of you. Those six core elements are what we truly believe will set you up for optimal well-being and greater longevity. To review again, they are self-awareness, functional fitness, nutrition, sleep and recovery, emotional health and relationships, and financial stability. Those are the basis for LIW and the basis for this podcast. So as we wrap up this episode, where are you on that highway? Are you taking in all the scenery, tapped into yourself and the world around you? Could you pay a little more attention to certain things, certain parts of your life that are seeking your awareness? How can you start being a little more present? a bit more aware. Look, ultimately the quality of your life depends on the quality of your choices. So choose intentionally. Now that's it for today's episode. As always, thank you for sharing your time and energy with me. Feel free to share any comments, constructive feedback, or send topic suggestions by dropping me a line at info at lastingimpactwellness.com. That's info at lastingimpactwellness.com. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and share with others. Let's be well together.